Gozira. Good morning to everybody. You're thinking, what in the world? If you're visiting here with us today, you're going, what in the world have I come to? This is church. 2011. Uh, if you're visiting here with us today, I want to welcome you. It's great to have you. And uh, today, as you saw, we're going to be starting, and as you see up on the screen, we're starting a brand new series called It Came From Within. And very fitting, you know, the, the monster coming out and terrorizing the city. And, and this is where we're going to go for the next few weeks. And as I, I begin the series, I, I'm reminded of a story, my, my first kind of encounter when I was a kid. Uh, I grew up in a family of five, and I was the youngest. And, uh, you know, my dad used to travel a lot, and so it was a lot for my mom, but every once in a while she needed a break. So she would go with my dad on his business trip. And on one occasion, on this business trip, my mom went and we had a, a babysitter, and she came to stay with us. She was an old lady, and I remember she was about probably 65, 70 years old, and I'll never forget her heels, her black heels. They were, they were big and black, and you could hear her coming as she walked down the house. We had these old, hard floors, and so you could hear, and you just click, click, click real loud. But she was a really sweet lady. Her name was Fedora. And uh, she was a friend of the family and a sweet lady, and she was taking care of five of us. And, you know, we, we would play pranks in my house a lot with each other. And on one occasion, you know, my, my brother for his birthday, and it was right about this time of the year, maybe a little earlier, around the Halloween time, my brother, in, in the month of August, he got a gift, a birthday gift, and it was a tape recorder. You know, for a lot of us today, because technology has is, is moved along so fast, but having a tape recorder at that time, uh, it was not that common. Especially one of those portable tape recorders. Early 70s. And, you know, so we decided to play a prank on Fedora, the babysitter. And what my brother did is he, he, he went in his room and he recorded, and all of us were in on it. And he recorded a voice of a ghost. Ooh. And, you know, better than that. It was, it was actually pretty good. And he made these noises. And he put the tape recorder in the, the, the coat closet. And then he pushed play and there was a big pause. But then all of a sudden noises started to come. And all five of us, she knew it wasn't one of us. All five of us were out. And Fedora heard the noise. And I don't know if she's a, you know, a spiritual woman, but she started to freak out. You ever, you ever played a prank on somebody and it went bad, you know, it went a little too far? She, she started, she grabbed her chest and we're like, oh no, what have we done? You know? And so it wasn't a game anymore. And let me tell you, when my mom and dad got back, And, and we used to, get, used to get the belt. And I remember my dad, I remember this noise clearly. He had this, 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 uh, this uh, cabinet where he would keep his belts. And every time, it, every time he'd open the cabinet, all the belts, he had like ten belts. Thin ones, thick ones, you know, all kinds. And so when he'd open the cabinet, all the belts would, would hit against the door. And sure enough, man, when we did this to Fedora... I mean, he lined all five of us up, and he gave it to us good, all five. 
So needless to say, we never pulled a prank on any babysitter from that point on. You know, that, that's my first memory, my first memory of what I would call behavior modification. You know, and, uh, you know, there were many times that, that I got the belt as a kid, uh, things I said, things I did. Uh, and, and you learn as you're a kid, there are certain things you don't do. There are certain things you don't say. And we go through life, and we all go through this. When you're a kid, you, you learn pretty quick, these are the things you don't do. And we, we learn to develop what we call a filter on our modification. And there are certain things we will not, we will not do. And, you know, this is what I went through as, as a child, is behavior modification. But as you grow older... You know, you, you develop a filter, and we learn how to get through life. School. I got in a lot of trouble at school, but then I went into a, a high school, transferred into another high school, and I didn't get in a lot of trouble because I learned, I figured out in my early school years, hey, there's certain things you don't do if you don't want to get in trouble because the consequences are serious. And back in, when I was in high school, they still had a paddle. Okay. And they would use it. And amen to one of the school teachers. They would bring back the paddle. <laughs> but I remember his name was Dr. Boyd. Big guy in high school. And he had a paddle. It was like, uh, it was like a, a cricket bat. And there were holes in it. And it had across the name of the paddle, it said GHS, Gainesville High School. In big letters. And let's just say you didn't want to get a paddling by Dr. Boyd because he would work out with the football team. And then he would take it out on those, those bad students. But you learn through life not to do certain things. What I say, what I do can have an effect and can have a consequence in my life. And at a very young age, I learned this. You learn to develop a filter. And that filter keeps from you crossing a line. And it modifies your behavior. But occasionally, there's a leak. And we have this happen a lot in our lives. You know, you you behave a certain way, and then from out of nowhere, sometimes something will just come out. You'll say something, you'll do something that is not characteristic of you and how you act and how you are. And you say, where did that come from? What, why did I do that? I never do that. You know, and we're living in a time in our society where there's stuff coming out almost all the time with people's behavior and things that they do, and they're shocked. You know, even, even this past week, a couple of situations came out pretty prominent in the media. And people that knew the person that got involved in the situation, they were like, no, you know, he or she was like this, and they were a good person. They did a lot of good things, and I, I just can't. They, they couldn't wrap their mind around it. They're like, I never saw this in him or her. Or you get these situations where you have a mom where the child is missing, and, you know, you do the math, and then it comes out that, you know, mom had something to do, and you go, what? 
What a monster. What a horrific thing this person has done. And as much as this happens in our society, you've got to stop and ask the question, why is this happening? And the point there, last point is, a filter is not enough. Because every once in a while that filter breaks in our lives. And, and things come out about us. And in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about this. I want to encourage you to come back because I believe this is going to help you so you won't have to be surprised. And so you won't have to go through that situation like, what happened? What? That's, that's not like me. Why did I do that? Like so many people. And particularly, you do it to people that you love. And it's not enough for us to monitor our behavior. We've got to go deeper. We have to monitor something else. And something else is what the Bible teaches us and helps us monitor. It's deep within. And and the, the truth of the matter is, we live in a world, and church can become like this. We live in a world where everybody focuses on the outside. What you say, what you do, how you act. But when you go home, you become a different person, right? Behind closed doors. Or in secret, where no one is watching, you become a different person. And i got to address this. It's amazing how things in society and things in church, they kind of line up with something you're going to teach on. And this couldn't be a more, a more like purposeful and, and like needed time in our church and also in our society to talk about this. Because even recently in our church, we've had some things happen in, among some of our members and in all ministries, and this has happened, you know, frequently, but stuff comes out. And you go, wow, I can't believe he or she did that. And you go, why? Why, if we're in church and we're behaving and we're learning to be good people? But the reason is, is because we're only focusing on the outside. And we're not looking at what's going on on the inside. And our world emphasizes this. And that's why people get in trouble. And we miss the source of our problems, of our challenges. And so the whole idea of it came from within, we're going to be focused on this, is getting inside so we can deal with those monsters that are inside of us. Every single one of us. You know, one man came up to Jesus and he said, Teacher, no, he said, Good teacher. What must I do to be saved? And Jesus told him back, he said, why do you call me good? There's nobody good. Only God is good. And so in that phrase, Jesus was making it clear that really all of us, all of us, got a dark stuff going on inside of us that we have to identify with and we have to monitor and get out of our lives. And so that's what this series is going to deal with. And, you know, you ever heard these phrases, telling phrases, particularly in relationships, this happens. You know, you got Mr. Wonderful, and, and she's the girl of my dreams. You know, those first six months, we talked about this the last couple weeks. You know, she's awesome. She's my dream. She's what I wanted. He's wonderful. He's Mr. Wonderful. Oh, I love him. You know, and we go through that. But then the reality comes out. About six months later, or they get married. And here's what people say. She's not, he's not the man or the woman that I thought 
he was or she was. Everything changed. You know, when we dated, he was this or he was that or she was this or she was that. But now, since we've been married, since we've been together, I don't know who he is. I don't know who she is. It's like they're a different person now. And see, these are, these are telling signs that they never really got to know each other. And a lot of times the person really never got to know himself or herself. And only in that close, intimate relationship do things come out. And it usually happens among families. And they think, well, he or she changed. No, they didn't change. They were always that way. It's just they, they learned to use a filter. They used to monitor their lives and their behaviors with a filter. And you get, you've got to understand this. All of us, the filter leaks. Occasionally things are going to break through that filter. And we're going to become exposed to who we are. And you know what? We're going to look at a couple of passages today that talk about this. And I remember the first time that I looked at these passages that we're going to look at today, when I first saw them, I was like, wow, this is deep. This is a very deep teaching. And I had to stop and think. You know, it's every once in a while you're reading the Bible and you've got you to put it down. You can't keep reading. You're like, wow, this is, this is intense what Jesus is saying about me, about my life. So let's look at this passage. It says here in Matthew chapter 15, verse 18, it says, But the things that come out of the mouth are from the what? From the heart. And these make a man unclean. Basically, Jesus is saying that our mouth is like a a stethoscope. Say it again. Stethoscope. You know how the doctors, they use a a stethoscope? Put it on your chest. And you know exactly what's going on in their heart. Right? You hear it beating. Your mouth many times describes what's going on in your heart. You know those angry words? You know those those hurtful things that you say? That's an indicator. What's going on inside? And, you know, the heart, let's just talk about the heart. When, When it's not your physical heart... Again, Jesus mentioned the same phrase in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. From the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, is what Jesus said. But according to the Bible, the heart, you know, if they were to perform surgery on you and open you up, they they would find your physical heart, but they wouldn't necessarily find your, your spiritual heart. And this is the biblical definition, according to the Bible, of what the heart is. The heart is the center not only of spiritual activity, but the operations of human life. The heart is the home of the personal life. The heart also is the seat of your conscience. And you and I know this. We live from our hearts. You know, there's, there's a lot of things going on inside of there. It's what, it's what gives you happiness. It's what gives you discouragement. It's what makes you melancholy sometimes. It's what's going on in the depths of your heart. And it's not necessarily your soul. It's not necessarily your mind. It's, it's like a deep 
part of who you are. And what Jesus is saying here is you've got to deal with this part of your life. It's what lurks beneath. No one's taught us how to monitor this. We basically react to it instead of try to understand our hearts and try to get an education on how to monitor and deal with our hearts. And trust me, in this series, if you stay with us from the beginning to the end, you're going to learn so much about yourself. And you'll be prepared to have great relationships with other people. And you'll also be prepared how to navigate away from dark things that are going to hurt you, that are going to take you to dark places in your life. So trust me, if you come, you're going to get invaluable information from God's Word. And it's not because I'm so smart. It's because this is God's Word. I'm a student just like you. I'm somebody just like you in need of an education. So I can grow in my relationships with other people. You know, and in closer relationships, this is a big issue. When you're dating or you're engaged, this happens a lot, too often. You know, where we think she or, her, or he is the right person, and then stuff comes out. And you know, when you get married... A lot of people don't think, they think, you know, when you're young, you're a certain way at home, and then when you leave home, everything's going to be beautiful, everything's going to be wonderful. Guess what? No, you're taking those bags with you. That suitcase that you have, that backpack, that's your heart, and you're taking it with you. You may not be venting, and you may not be having the problems with mom and dad and brother and sister and that whole dynamic, that, 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 you know, dysfunctional environment, but let me tell you, you're going to take it with you where you go. And some of you are in relationships already right now, dating relationships. You understand that. Some of you who are young marriage, you understand that. You know? And it's about getting inside and monitoring who you are so you can be prepared. And in the context of marriage and family, the filter, the filter that we have gets really, really thin. Meaning you punch through that thing a lot. The real you comes out a lot at home. And we think that by avoidance, you know, by staying away, I'm not going to talk to you, I'm not going to be around you, we think that it's going to get better because it's the, 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 the monster doesn't come out. You know, we don't see the monster, but he's just in there waiting. He's waiting there till you get to somebody and you get around somebody in that close relationship and then, boom, here he comes, God's zero. And he just he or she just destroys your relationship. And what Jesus is saying here is you've got to deal with that. And that's why there's a lot of drama in families is because people have not learned to deal with what's going on on the inside, in your heart. Let's go back to that passage in Matthew chapter 15, verse 19. Look what Jesus goes on in the next verse. He says, for out of the heart come evil thoughts. Now, wait a second. I thought evil thoughts come from the brain. No, they come from the heart. He goes on, Jesus says, come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. Where do these come from? What Jesus is saying, it's coming from inside of you. It's you, it's your heart. And it's time to go there. 
And we see this over and over again in, in, in our societies. And let's just break this down. The origin of our monsters. Evil thoughts. You know, some of us have this idea that we're a good person. But every once in a while you'll have this thought like, I want to kill him. I want to kill her. And you think, you go, what was that? Where did that come from? That's not like me. I'm nice. I'm sweet. I'm a good person. But you get around those people that push your buttons and it's like, man, you want to get a sharp object or you want to get a gun and you, you want it. And you go, what is that? And we grow up because mom told us we were a good boy or a good girl. And Jesus is saying, no, you're not. You're a bad boy. You're a bad girl. And the only remedy to that is you've got to deal with who you are. And you've got to get that out. You've got to cleanse that. You've got to deal at a deeper level of your heart. Murder. Do you know that anytime there's a murder, do you know who the police interview first? I'm sorry? Family? Yeah. The, 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 the homicide investigators, they always go to the family and friends first. And you know the reason why they always go to family and friends first? is because history shows it happens more times than not that somehow, some way, a family member was involved in the homicide. It happens a lot. And you go, well, how? Why? They're family. They're supposed to love each other. They're supposed to be close. Why would they do such a thing? Because they got dark stuff inside there that one day it just got out of control and blew up. And literally, they became a monster. Crimes of passion. You ever heard that? The crimes of passion. It's not the crimes of passion. It's crimes of evil heart that came out. And then they always interview the neighbor. They always interview the co-worker. And they say, oh, what did you think? You know, what was that person like? He said, no, he was great. I can't believe I worked with him. You know, or worked with her. And she was always nice, always neighborly. And this is serious stuff. And we see it in our society today over and over and over again. And this is what Jesus is saying. It's in there. It's in you. Adultery. You know, where does that come from? Well, she made me do it. Right? A lot of guys will say that. Well, she came after me. No. It was in you already. It was in you, and that just brought it out. came after he made me do it. He came on. He was so nice to me. He brought me flowers. He brought me a card. And my husband wasn't treating me right. And, you know, we had so much stuff going on. And it just happened. You know, we gave in to the passion. No, you didn't. It was there all the time. You just weren't dealing with it. You weren't dealing with the, the depths of your heart. And sexual immorality, the same thing. It's always there, and it's just waiting to come out unless you deal with it. Theft, lying, and slander. All these things. Where's the origin of these things, what Jesus is saying? It's in you. It's in your heart. And it's our responsibility to deal with it. And we can't get duped by thinking it's all about my behavior, and as long as for the majority of the time I behave good, then I'm a good person. Not necessarily. Because we get faked out a lot with a lot of people. 
You know, recently they've done these studies and these surveys asking people, what, what, if, what, what if you would have no consequence at all? And they surveyed thousands of people. And they asked them, if there was no consequence at all, okay, like no one would find out about it, no consequence, would you do any of these things on the list up there? Murder, evil thoughts, adultery, theft, lying, no consequence at all. You know the, you know the crazy thing is when they do these surveys? Obviously, they're anonymous. The majority of the people say, if there was no consequence, I would do it. What's that tell you about our society? That people would be unfaithful if there was no consequence. If nobody found out about it, they would commit adultery. If nobody found out about it, they would knock someone off. If nobody, if they never got caught and there was no, not even... Not even moral consequence. Just you, you got off of it. Would you do it? And a lot of people, the majority, more than half, said, yes, I would do it. And you go, ugh. No, that's our society. And that's not out there. That's not out there. That's in here. That's in here. And that's who we have to deal with. What lies within? What goes on inside of us? And we're going to look at a a, a proverb from the wisest man, Solomon. Look in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Now, Solomon gave a lot of advice about a lot of stuff. Told people a lot of things about how to do this, how to do that. Incredible wisdom. But this, this verse that he says here, I'm going to put it at a different level. This is above all. Everything else that I'm going to tell you, I want you to put this up here. Because this is huge. This is really, really, really big in your life. And this is what he says. Above all else, everything that I'm going to tell you, above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. Everything comes from here. We live from our heart. We love from our heart. We, we, we parent from our hearts. We lead from our hearts. If you're in a leadership position, you manage your money from your heart. And you conduct relationships, guess from where? Your heart. If this is the origin of life, if this is where it starts and ends, how important is it that you know what's going on in your heart? And there aren't very many people out there that are going to talk about this level of living in your life. You're not going to hear this lesson. You're not going to hear this teaching for the next few weeks. Unless you maybe get counseling. And even then, they might not go this deep in your spiritual heart. So much of what we do in our lives comes from this place. This source. And it affects us. It affects our joy. And some people go through depression and they have no idea why. Because they're not monitoring their hearts. They're only monitoring and looking at their behavior. And to guard your wellspring is to keep an eye, to keep an eye on what goes in 
and what comes out. A wellspring in Solomon's time, it was the place where the whole village or the whole town, or in some cases if it was a large well, everybody got their water from that spot. How important is the water source of a village, of a city? And we take it for granted a lot of times because we got these, you know, these companies and these departments. But in the old times, they were very, very careful what happened. And in Palestine, in that area where Solomon lived, for a large part of the year, there wasn't any rain, kind of like California. So how important was that well? Everything depended on it. Their whole village, their children, their crops, everything came from there. Their, their, their hygiene, everything came from that well. So that's why he's making the comparison. And you know what? The truth of the matter is, many of us do not take the time to manage our hearts. There's a lot of pollution in there. And it shouldn't surprise us when things come out and you go, whoa, where did that come from? I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I did that. That's so uncharacteristic of me. And Jesus said, no, it's not. It's who you are. It came straight out from your heart. You know, and it's time for some of us to stop putting on airs of who we are on the outside and start dealing with who we are on the inside so that there won't be that coming out of the monster, of the ugly situation that that comes out. Everything in our lives emanates from our hearts. That's how important it is. Life and people can lodge things in our heart. And it may not even be your, your fault. You know, a lot of times what happens is people go through things at a young age and they're scarred and they're damaged from something someone did to them. But even then, even though it's not your fault, it's your responsibility how you're going to manage it. You know, and one of the problems with our society today is, is we excuse ourselves. And we say, well, I was damaged then, and that's the way I am now. And that's the reason I'm a monster. That's the reason why I can't have functional relationships, because of all the stuff that was done to me. You know, that that could be true for a little while, but after a period of time, you have to say, wait a second, I'm not going to let what someone else did to me affect the way the rest of my life goes and the rest of my relationships go. I've got to stop and draw a line and say, no more. And I'm going to ask for God's help at cleansing my heart, healing my heart. The Bible talks a lot about that, and we're going to talk about that in the coming weeks. How to heal your heart. How to cleanse your heart. And we've all got to take responsibility for what's going on inside of there. And you have to make a decision. It's your decision. It's your heart. You have to make a decision that you're going to manage who you are. And you can't live your life making excuses that it was somebody else. And the more damage that is done, the truth of the matter is, in our lives, the more people who have lodged hurt in our hearts the more difficult it is to get cured and healed. But it is possible. You know, I remember uh, when I was a, a youth minister in Boston, and we had a, a, what we call a, a teen leader, a teen, uh, he was kind of like a volunteer, and he would help with the teens. And I remember sitting down with this young man, 
And we were working in inner city ministry, all of us. And he was the perfect fit for inner city ministry because when he would sit down with some of these kids and describe what happened to him, he was raised by his grandmother. His, his father shot his mother in front of him and then took his own life. His father did. And this kid at a young age watched all this happen. And then he was raised by his grandmother who would take an electric cord and not the, you know, the, the, the part that has the, the two prong. And she would beat him with it. And he would show the teens, he would roll up his, he'd show the teens the, the scars that he had on his legs. And I would listen to this guy and my heart would just melt. I mean, this was, this was horrifying. How could a kid live in this environment? How could he go through this? How, how can he be who he is with all that? But then when he would share about how God came into his life, and when the cross touched his heart, he was able to let it all go. And he was free and clear. And what he did, what he did with these young men in the inner city, how he would inspire them. He would inspire me. I'm supposed to be the minister. I'm supposed to be. And he's like, go, man, go. It was so powerful what God did through his life and how God healed his scars. And that really set a bar for me. You know, anybody can do it with God's help. You know, and then we moved to Central America and, and, and Mexico and South America and the stories that you hear from people's lives, stuff that they went through in their families, the rape, the garbage, and you just go, oh my, how do these people ever move on from this? How can they get over this? And in each case, God was able to heal them and help them. Now they're married. They have children, and they're great people. They're able to love, and they have homes where there's, there's love, and no more monsters. They're gone. This is what God can do, and this is what we're going to talk about for the coming weeks. So I hope you'll be with us. I hope uh, you, can, you can come and, and, and learn with us. And so I want to ask you, starting today, will you work alongside with God? Will you work side by side with God at dealing with your heart? And let me give you some of the examples of the practical ways that we're going to deal with this. Greedy person. What's the remedy for a greedy person? It's right there, the answer. You know what helps a greedy person? To give. Write the check. Go ahead and write it. Go ahead and give it. A greedy person, that's their remedy. That's the way they're going to get their heart clean and the way they're going to fix that problem that they have. Well, then they're going to say, no, I can't write the check because I'm a greedy person. You know, and the truth of the matter is you don't want to get well. You know, another example is if you go to the doctor and he tells you your heart is really bad and you're going to have a heart attack. So what's he tell the guy? Okay, I'm going to put you on a diet. I'm going to, I'm going to give you an exercise Routine? Whoa, 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 Doc. I can't do that. When I exercise, I get really tired. I can't breathe. That's not going to work for me, Doc. 
And the diet, I can't do the diet because I'm hungry. I'm really hungry. So I can't do that because I'm, I'm this way. And doctors say, listen, this is what it's going to take if you want to get well. If you want to heal your physical heart. And this is the kind of stuff that we're going to look at. If you really, really want to get well in this area of your life, these are some of the practical things that you have to be willing to do to get well. But let's, let's be honest. Don't you want to deal with that person that's on your inside? That you've been carrying around? You know that Dr. Heckle and Mr. Hyde? You know, that closet person? Don't you want to deal with him or her and stop being the, the walking dead, that monster? Well, this is your opportunity. And let me tell you, from here forward, when you start dealing with this, your life gets better. And i got to confess, i got to confess, growing up as a young man, I was a monster. My parents knew it, and some of my closest friends knew it. My girlfriends knew it. I didn't like who I was. And I had friends that were monsters also. Because I would watch them and how they would interact with their girlfriends and I would be like, whoa, that's really bad the way he treats her. And she loves him. I'm like, wow. But guess what I did? I do the same kinds of things. And it got to the point where I said, enough is enough. I want to change. I don't want to be this person anymore. I want to have a real relationship where I'm not going to be hitting and hurting the person's heart that I love. Not anymore. And nowhere else, as we said, there's not going to be a lot of places where you're going to hear this. You're not going to get this all over the place. You know, there's not a class in in college, Citrus, Citrus College, APU, Cal Poly, no high school. You know, we got teachers here. I don't think you're teaching this subject, right, Dave? Pomona High School? No. Diamond Bar High School? I don't think we're going here. So I'd encourage you to come back and, and, and have the courage to go there and to learn. And one of the things that gets misconstrued about Christianity, a lot of people think that Christianity is about behavior. You know, you come in, you sit in the church, and you smile, you sing the songs, you, you wave to everybody. Some churches, they give a little hug, and they say, God bless you, and, 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 and peace be with you. And, 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 you know, and then we go home, and it's like, okay, take that off, and hang it up till next week. And then you're somebody else. See, Christianity never, it never was intended to be a behavior modification. It was intended to deal with our heart. And that's why Jesus confronted the Pharisees. He he confronted the religious leaders with the Scriptures that we looked at about dealing with who they are. And if you deal with these issues, you know, that we're going to talk about in the next few weeks, it can make all the difference in your relationships. You're going to be set up to have great relationships. Friendships. If you're single, a great dating relationship. A great marriage a great family environment. And if, it's, if it gets a little ugly, you're going to know how to manage it. Because it all gets, it gets challenging in every home. I haven't heard of a home. When people, I mean, come across and they say, 
oh, we never fight. I remember I, 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 I talked to this couple, older couple, you know, in, in Mexico, and I said, we never fight. I go, man, there's some deceit going on here. Or, or, as a lot of families, this is what they do to manage. They stay on the surface. They don't go there. They keep a nice, comfortable distance. Keep it surfacy. Keep it superficial. Let's not go there. You don't talk to me about these things. I don't talk to you. And we try to keep our distance. Maybe. But this is what we're talking about. So are you ready to slay the monster inside of you? As you watch the intro video, who's Godzilla? Who is the monster? Who's Mr. Werewolf? Who's Dracula's wife? Who's got the, the fangs and the claws? I got news for you today. Guess who it is? It's you. It's me. And Jesus is saying, manage this. Manage this, and I can teach you. So I'm going to end now. We're going we're gonna to have a time, and, and this is a, a, a thing that I like to do, is I'd like for you to, to, to close your eyes, bow your head and close your eyes. You don't have to bow your head. Just, just close your eyes, but if you can. And I'm going to ask you some questions. And I'd like you to think about these questions. And I'd like you to consider taking action this week in regard to these questions. So close your eyes if you would. Is everything okay in your heart? Are you mad at anybody right now in your life? Are you waiting around for someone to come to you to make things right? Are you having extended imaginary conversations with someone that you're angry at? Do things come out of your mouth that you have to apologize for? Where you say, where did that come from? Have you recently celebrated someone's failure lately? Do you have any secrets that have been eating at you? Is something going on that you hope no one ever discovers in your life? Are there questions that you hope no one ever asks you? Have you lied to someone that you love lately? Let's pray. Our holy God and Father, we thank you for this time that we could look deep within ourselves. God, teach us how to guard our hearts. Teach us how to cleanse 